I spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. Dave Kittle Show here. We are speaking with Judy Cerullo today. We're going to be talking about personal versus professional transition planning. And if you're a practice owner listening, if you're thinking about exiting or selling, big question for you is, are you selling from your heart or your head? We're going to get into all that and more. Judy's going to cover some things such as 80% of how we make decisions is based on emotions that impacts decisions. We're going to get into all of that. Judy, welcome on. Thank you, Dave. Glad to be here. It'll be fun. Excellent. So for practice owners, therapists that don't know you, just a brief background and bio, and then we'll kind of get into the conversation. Yes, you know, physical therapist for 40 years, four different practices, four states, including in addition, one fitness business as well. Transitioned, went back to coaching school in 2015, became a, became a certified professional coach. Now really focusing in on leaders and their teams in the healthcare dental arena, really bringing the culture to life and helping people either transition out and or back out of their practice so the practice can run on its own as much as they want. Excellent. And so on another episode, we're going to kind of talk about your story of practice ownership and exiting and all that. But today is a little bit more about the personal versus professional transition planning. Is that something that you have helped owners or or colleagues with directly? Or is it more uh, of an indirect uh, help and support that you have provided like with your experiences? your coaching, your your support and all that? You know, what really where that comes into play is that most people that contact me are hoping to learn a few things, how to develop their team, how to develop themselves as leaders, because they want to be able to back away. They want to be able to become absentee owners or even sell. And that's really the ultimate goal behind why a lot of, a lot of, but not all owners contact me. And so what happens from that standpoint is as we get into the nuts and bolts and the strategies of what they really want, how they want it, why they want it, when they need it, we cover that leads right into what's the difference between your personal and or your professional transition goal. Got it. And so just high level to kind of kick things off, what are some things that owners should even think about or consider in regards to this topic? Well, I think, you know, one of the first things, if we get a little background context in this is owners predominantly in many cases are saying, I need to get out. I'm burned out. I can't handle the reimbursement. It's hard to recruit. It's hard to retain. It's all these issues that have, that have forced us into kind of a, a hole here. And so part of that is mindset. But one of the things that people really need to step back when they're saying, okay, I'm ready to sell or I'm ready to back away. They, number one, don't know where to start, obviously, from the technical piece. So they contact somebody like you or a broker who says, okay, let's take a look at your practice. 
They go into the valuation part of it. They look at the value of it. And that's the, that's the thing on the front part of our brain is how much can I get for this thing? But when you step back, people who are looking to sell or back away from their practice need to consider why did they start this practice in the first place? What drove them to become an independent practitioner, an independent business? I think we all have similar stories, honestly. You know, we want to take care of patients. We don't want to be told what to do. We uh, all these uh, different various things. But it goes a little bit deeper than that. As we went through our profession, became trained and licensed into that professional setting, it wraps our identity around it. And we start to identify who we are and why we do things by the position, by the title, by the business. It's all wrapped around that. So as you go to sell, it's really important to get away from your head of saying, okay, what's this worth? You know, how much money can I get when, you know, it's really important to step back and say, number one, why am I selling? Why did I start this in the first place? What will I do afterwards? 95% of people who go to sell their practice do have not even thought about what they're going to do afterwards. Now, when I talk to business owners, they say, oh, yeah, oh, man, I, I'm just going to go and, and have some fun and I'll go fishing and all, you know, that's the superficial, fun, vocational. That doesn't address what satisfies our needs and our purpose and our why, what drives us. Mm. And so the important consideration is, yes, what are you going to do? Have you talked to your family about the sale? All parts of your family. And what is their perspective on it? Not only what will you do, but how will you do that process? And so the biggest thing, the first thing is to become clear on why you're selling or why you want to back away. And that's a really, you've got to start there. You've got to get some clarity on that. And I do transition coaching around that. And I use a tool that helps people hone in on their core purpose. You see, when we get ourselves wrapped up in our business and our identities wrapped around it, when we start to think about backing away, the first, and you don't know this usually until you're backing away, but with the identity wrapped around it, what will you do with your identity when you're no longer a business owner? Will you feel fulfilled? What is your next journey? And it's really important to consider those things. You know, many people come to you or go to brokers or whomever because they're burned out. And the emotions override everything else that allows them to get clarity on what are they going to do next? Why are they going to do it? How do people feel about it? And have you discussed your exit strategy with others? Yeah, I love that. I want to come back to the identity component. But first, in the pre-interview, we we're kind of talking about some of the age range of practice owners and, and demographics that we've interacted with. And obviously without mentioning names, but practice owners that have come to us to potentially exit, let's say they're in their 60s or 70s and they may have one or more health complications or health issues or diagnoses or conditions or whatever. 
And then we've also spoken to some practice owners that are in like the 40 to 50 year old range where they are looking to sell because maybe they believe this might be the best time to get out because of, again, we talked about reimbursement and other, you know, limitations that they might see. So they might, they are sometimes saying or directly saying or indirectly hinting at this might be the best time for them to get out. So when we talked about 80% of how we make decisions is on emotions. I feel like in some of those conversations with practice owners, it seems like there's a little, there's some logic to it. And then there's some emotion. And if someone's in their forties or fifties, they're coming to us to potentially exit or sell or partner. Uh, I feel like there's a little more potential logic there, at least for what they're saying. I mean, we don't really know. It's really you know impossible to know deep down emotionally what they're truly feeling or, or thinking. And then the practice owners that are in their 60s or 70s or 80s that are speaking to us and they have health issues and all that, I feel like there's some logic there to potentially get out. But of course, with the health scare or any diagnoses or medical issues, uh, that comes with a lot of emotion, right? So how can, uh, you know, selfishly with this question, how can my team make sense of some of these practice owners coming to us? Or do we even need to worry about it? Is it more for the practice owners watching and listening that need to kind of do a, a self-evaluation or self-assessment as to, are they making this step forward? Or are they considering this step uh, based more on emotions? And should it be more logic? Do they need to speak with you or another coach or, or colleague to get an external assessment on? Are they considering this in an emotional state? And maybe they need to get some support to ensure that it's a logical decision? Yeah. So there's, let me unpack those questions. That was a lot. I threw a lot at you. Because you you did a couple of comparisons there, Dave. You did the comparisons of the younger folks in their 40s. And you kind of felt there was more logic, perhaps, you don't know, it's your perception, than us who are old as dirt and twice as dusty. That's me. I'm in that age group, see? (laughs) And so I think the assessment, if you will, or the discovery of where they stand and the process is the same. And let me explain where that starts from. If you understand your core purpose, your personal core purpose and your why, then how you actually share that with others is different. But your purpose, your why is the starting point. Why and everyone has one, but not everyone knows what their why is. So whether you're 45 and selling or 65 and 70 selling, yes, there may be in the transit, the tangible is the health issue, but we have to get down to the why in order to bring the focus and bring the clarity. Let me give you an example. I've got three different business owners that came to me and wanted to sell or back away. And there was a lot of confusion. They didn't know what to do. We certainly, and with this is, you know, for further, maybe in our our discussion, but we had to get systems and processes in place. We had to get the infrastructure. Okay. So that's the tangible piece. But I actually worked with coaching them through where they are and where they want to go and helping them find out, get clarity on their why and what they really want, and how to get there. And so what happened when we we discovered, and we I use a tool to help them discover this and get that started, they were able to gain clarity and get 
immediate laser focused direction on what they wanted to do. And one finished this two, two out of three finished this sale and are on to a new successful chapter in their life. And the third one is holding off, but has clarity now so that she can push everything and get the infrastructure in place. But that they did not, were not able to do that until they had the clarity of who they are and why they function. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Without clarity, I mean, you could be kind of misguided or kind of just, you know, drifting along without the structure or the the guide rails. Exactly. People need to have that because not only does that give them the direction, but then with with coaching or working with a trusted advisor or whatever, that helps them take action steps that are clearly focused on their own why, their personal values, and get to the end result. Otherwise, you become, you really just become stuck and you get into this analysis and paralysis mode that takes you into this circle and and no decision is made because you don't know what to do. You don't have clarity. And so it's really coaching and consulting are different. Yes, I consult. Coaching is what I do with this particular area to help people expose where they want to be and how to get there. Right. Let's touch back on the identity piece. Uh, you and I spoke last week, and uh, I agree. We, we were talking about a little bit of um, how a practice owner, what they do, how they help patients, how they have grown a team, one clinic, multiple clinic offices, whatever it might be, that their identity is wrapped around that, that they're the clinic director, the CEO, the manager, the founder, CEO, president, whatever the, the titles are. But that is that individual's identity. And one thing that you know, we've spoken to a lot of practice owners over the past uh, year or two. And obviously, without mentioning any names, sometimes we get into the process of we need to sign a, a non-disclosure agreement with them. We get their financials, their tax returns the past couple of years, all their financial documents. Then the next step is, you know, like payroll records and, you know, the lease agreement and all this other stuff, right? And sometimes what we found is like some owners, they just ghost us. They just stop talking. Because we do the standard process for every practice owner. Obviously, everything is confidential, respectful, very straightforward. Phone calls, Zoom calls, emails, in-person meetings, in-site visits, if we get to that point, whatever. So very straightforward process that we've done with a lot of practice owners. And it's been refined over time, but pretty much the same approach. But sometimes these practice owners will just stop replying and stop emailing us information or or just not answer phone calls or anything. And so... I guess my thought is some of these practice owners, maybe they have second thoughts. Maybe they change their mind or maybe they're somewhere in that is the emotions of changing their identity. Their self-worth is, is wrapped around that. And that's something at that point we can't really help them with, right? That's something that you, you know, coaches, consultants, uh, trusted advisors can help these individuals with. What have you seen in regards to, what have you seen and heard in regards to a practice owner, which is going to be very similar in a lot of offices across the country. Their identity is wrapped around what they do and who they are. How do they come to terms with a change of of their identity or or what they're going to be potentially doing next or accepting a new role or a modification to their identity? What are some tips, advice, strategies for practice owners to, to think about or consider? Because I don't think they can really address it or even think about it, even by listening or watching a podcast like this until they're in the thick of it, until they're actually in it, 
and they're speaking with potential suitors and buyers and they're like, oh, wow, like I'm going to only going to be with this practice for another year or two with the transition or, or maybe I'm going to continue to own 20 or 30%, but this other buyer, they're going to be calling the shots. They're going to be making the bigger decisions. Maybe they still manage the day to day, or maybe they're looking to get out a hundred percent and then they're really confronted with this, this change and a, a potential change or modification to their identity. Can you speak to any of that? So here's what you just, I'll unpack all of those comments too. So here's what you, (laughs) here's what you threw out there, which is really valuable stuff. How are they? So the identity piece can be impacted by several things. Number one, do I sell? Is that the right thing to do? And at that point, a lot of people aren't even thinking about the identity piece, which is what you alluded to. You know, they're just saying, oh, I think I should do this. I don't know. I want to back away. Okay. And then you addressed, you jumped right into, which is okay. When they do sell, maybe they are transitioning to a new owner where they don't have the majority of the decision-making process. So they might be an equity owner or part owner, or they've sold and they have to remain. They've agreed to stay for you know a couple of years, which is pretty traditional. So then that's another identity area. I'm so used to at the drop of the hat making decisions. And now all of a sudden I can't really make those decisions or not be a part of those decisions. So one of the best things, if people are really serious about this consideration, whether it's selling, transitioning, they're in the middle of it, honestly, it's to work with a coach on a what I call a sprint session. And what that does is we go through, in my case, what I do is I go through helping people really identify what things they are thinking about, considering, what's getting in the way of them really wanting to do it, why they want to do it. I bring their values to the, help them bring their values to the forefront and are these actions of selling, transitioning, consistent with their own personal values. And sometimes people don't even know what those are. They have to articulate them. Coaching is about bringing the best out in people's vision, helping them identify what, why they're stuck, how to get rid of that and to move move it forward with accountability and action. There's a fear factor with, with selling and transition too. So you get the identity piece, you get the fear piece, you know, gosh, where do I make my money or how much, especially if they don't, if their practice is not valued at what their perception thinks it should be. So now it's like, how am I going to make a living? I've grown accustomed to this. What am I going to do? Um, And as you mentioned, the other piece, you know, is the illness health issues that that is a real problem. But it's very important to sit down and talk with a coach who is non-judgmental, unbiased, but can help open the doors and the windows for them to identify the opportunities and or the direction that they need to go. People who are looking to sell or are stuck in a transition or, or have already sold it need guides, need support, need trusted advisor. I'm convinced of it because I see it every single case. And it, because what they're going through, they can't speak to their team about it. They could maybe no. speak to their spouse or partner about it, but 
the spouse and our partner have not been there. You've been there. Other coaches and colleagues have yep. consultants, et cetera, have been there or advisors, brokers. They've been there. They've been through it. Yep. But you can't speak to the team because you don't want to scare your team too early. You don't want to say, Hey, we're going to, I'm speaking to this potential buyer. And then, you know, yep. if the buyer pulls out and the, the practice owner looks kind of vulnerable or silly. And you certainly, of course, speak to your, you know, partner and spouse about it, but they don't have, they can listen, but they're, ne- they're not going to have the experience or the, the uh, expertise of, of saying like, here's like an action plan or here, you know, you know, you had clients that did this, you had clients that did that or consider it this way or, or have gone through, you know, kind of coaching them through like the identity, the emotions, like let's, you know, raise all these potential challenges and let's kind of, you know, let's kind of flesh it out, whether it, it could be the financials, it could be the practice, the purchase price or the valuation. And, and they're looking to, like you said, continue a certain level of, 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 you know, standard of living. And if they sell, then, you know, that could be potentially affected. So there's like so many components, mostly as we cover kind of mostly being the emotional components. Yes. Yep. And that's, that's what drives a majority of our decisions. And that's the hard part because you have to, you have to separate out the, the logical and the emotional piece. And sometimes in many cases, something like this, when you're dealing with what business owners have developed and built with their blood, sweat and tears, you know, it's their baby. You got it. How do you separate the emotional? You don't, you accept it and you help guide and strategize around that. Right. Final recap or any final thoughts for this this topic, this conversation? No, I just think if people are, you know, what they need to think about and ask themselves, why are they selling? Can they identify what would happen if they separated their identity around PT to who they really are? It's really a challenge, you know, and they need to make sure that they're asking these questions so that they can gain clarity. This is really about being proactive. So start planning by asking these difficult questions that are the non-tangible ones, because that's what can create a nosedive or propel you forward. Excellent. Judy, what would be a good place for the audience to reach out to you if they want to learn more? Practice owners want to contact you, email address, website, LinkedIn. What's a good place for them to reach out or maybe all those places? All three. LinkedIn's great. Just first name, last name. Judy at growstrongteams.com is email. And then my website is growstrongteams.com, but it's either email or LinkedIn. Sometimes people go to spam on email. So LinkedIn might be the quickest, but either is fine. Yeah. Excellent. Judy, thank you so much for your time. This was a great conversation. Thank you. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E, painrelief.com. Or you can call me at any time, 646-781-8884.